So what is history? Sounds like a silly question, but as we move into this month of holding history as our theme, it would serve us well to consider what it is that we are holding, and it may help us decide just how we hold it. Looking up the definition of the word history, I sometimes joke with people that though I don't preach from a lectionary, I do often preach from the dictionary. Looking up the definition, I found this from the sacred text of Merriam-Webster, chapter H. The study of or record of past events. History is the study of or record of past events. Many other sources gave variations on the same theme. Events of the past, a chronicle of events. So this general simple answer, history is a record of what happened in the past, leads to some questions. What happened where and to who? And who is doing the recording and what do they find worthy of recording? Given, for instance, that one can't record every single thing that ever happened, what is put in and what is left out of history? And who gets to decide? These questions are part of what led Howard Zinn to produce a people's history of the United States, an attempt to correct an uncritical nationalist glorification of country and to recount this nation's past from the perspectives of those who struggled against those who held power for human rights, peace, justice, and equity. It not only highlighted past events that were rushed past in the more traditional history texts, but also shared alternative perspectives on those events on which traditional history books did focus. This method of telling history not from the lofty and too often insulated and isolated perspectives of the most powerful, but from below, from the people, has resulted in titles ranging from an indigenous people's history of the United States, a queer history of the United States, a disability history of the United States, to titles like A People's History of Psychoanalysis and A People's History of Computing. All of which is to say that at the risk of blaspheming against my sacred text, dictionary definitions are fine, but often incomplete. History is a record of what happened, but it is not a neutral objective recording. That record is written from a particular perspective and quite often includes an interpretation, whether explicit or implicit, conscious or unconscious. That record is necessarily selective because it cannot include everything, it will only include the important things. Ah, but what are those? 
This is to say that history, though it sounds like a thing, cannot be understood as singular, but is always necessarily plural. First, history comes in many categories, personal history, family history, institutional history, ethnic history, national history, world history. And inside each of those are a multitude of histories, of stories, sometimes overlapping, sometimes congruent, sometimes conflicting, that help us to flesh out and better understand the past. To better understand not only what happened, but how it impacted people, what it meant, and what it means. And the understanding of past events changes not only with the differing perspectives of one person or group and another, but can also change over time for an individual. As one grows in education and experience and outlook, suddenly approaching the same record of events with a new perspective. How many of you have had different perspectives over time of your own past? So all lofty talk of the history of this country aside, there is no single shared history. There is no single definition even of what qualifies as historic. And here I get to return to my sacred text, historic, to return to the dictionary for a moment, as opposed to historical. Historical can be applied to pretty much anything related to history. That is, the past. Historic are those events deemed especially worthy of recording, those happenings that appear to be pivotal for understanding the past and thus help us to understand the present. As we explore more and more stories about our history, we also expand our understanding of what qualifies as historic for different people and groups of people and thus pivotal for understanding the past and present. But all of that assumes that the purpose of history is to increase understanding. There are some, it seems, who would disagree that this is the purpose of teaching history. The 1776 project states that they are a political action committee dedicated to electing school board members nationwide who want to reform our public education system theory as part of their curriculum and that they support any type of education reform that promotes a patriotic vision of America and its history. Now, following this line of thought, the study of U.S. history should not be offered as a means to better understand our country, but as a vehicle for instilling certain beliefs about our country. Any pursuit of historical truth that is not perceived to instill such beliefs should, therefore, be removed from history classes. History is not then a record of past events, but a record of or an emphasis on only those past events which lead to a desired outcome 
that being a patriotic vision of the country and its history. And before I get too self-righteous, I have to reflect on the things I include or do not include when I share the history of Unitarian Universalism in a UUNU class, in a class for new members, in a class for prospective members. I tend to focus on the good, the inspirational, the courageous in our past. And I may mention the civil rights work of folks like James Reeb while not speaking of the black empowerment controversy in our association in the late 60s. I may mention the UU suffragettes and their struggle for women's equality and not mention some of the harmful attitudes toward immigrants within the movement. I may mention UUs and the peace movement in supporting eugenics. I may mention the work toward being ever more welcoming without touching on the lingering impacts of classism and academic snobbery. It is a brief history, after all, I tell myself, and the purpose is to inspire new or prospective members, but it is a tendency worth watching. It is worth unearthing that buried assumption within myself that the best moments are central to our history, while the worst are merely unfortunate aberrations. I owe it to myself, and I owe it to all of you, and I owe it to this living tradition we share to be honest about our history right up to the present moment. To listen deeply to the stories being told by people who have been marginalized, stigmatized, dismissed, and deeply disappointed by our narrow hospitality. We will understand our past more clearly which will allow us to understand our present more deeply, which means we will have more hope of moving toward collective liberation and a truly inclusive community in the future. A Unitarian Universalism which can embrace introspection, humility, confession, and reparations is more worthy of our dedication than a Unitarian Universalism which seeks to hide from what is so. But it's not easy. It can be disheartening, discouraging, even disempowering at first to look at the hard parts of our histories without turning away. Human beings Suffer, says poet Seamus Heaney. They torture one another, they get hurt and get hard. No poem or play or song can fully right a wrong inflicted and endured. History says, don't hope on this side of the grave. And that is the danger, of course. That is the fear if we really dare to experience to listen deeply to the stories that have been silenced in our sanitized history, will we just give up entirely? Will it all seem hopeless? 
James Baldwin does not romanticize the process, but also offers no other alternative when he writes, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Irish poet Seamus Heaney seems to be saying something similar in that adaptation of a play by Greek dramatist Sophocles about Philoctetes, a warrior who was unjustly ostracized and exiled by his own people, who later come back to him and plead with him to rejoin the war and save the day. History is not pretty. No poem or play or song can fully right a wrong inflicted and endured. History says don't hope on this side of the grave. But then, but then, he writes, and these are the words you may have heard quoted by President Biden in the in recent months. But then once in a lifetime, the longed for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. And these lines, like history itself, are complicated. I wonder what it's like to live through such a time when hope and history rhyme. I wonder if it's something you know while it's happening or if it can only be realized in retrospect. I wonder if it can rhyme for some and still feel wildly discordant to others. I think of Frederick Douglass saying, this is not my 4th of July. I think of Langston Hughes saying, it never was America to me. I think of what the celebration of American independence means to the indigenous peoples of America. And I also think of all those for whom the United States of America has indeed been a beacon of hope. Those for whom America's promise has held possibility and opportunity. It is complicated, just as it is in our Unitarian Universalist tradition. But I know it is fruitless as well as immoral to try and twist the historical record to make it rhyme with hope. That provides no healing. No cures, no possibility of new life. Rather, let the stories of history inspire us to keep working as we hold on to the belief that a further shore is reachable from here. Ones who went before us sacrificing for a future not your own, help us to give of ourselves that the common stones in our hands today might be cathedrals of compassion today, halls of restorative justice tomorrow, sheltering walls of beloved community the day after. So may it be. Speaking of history, last Sunday was the anniversary of the 1959 vote of some 400 Universalist and 600 Unitarian delegates to consolidate 
and eventually join universalism and Unitarianism to become Unitarian Universalism. Though there was a wide variety of opinions about this merger at the time and a variety of perspectives since then on what it has wrought, there were those at the time who welcomed it enthusiastically and who's and I think we're still living out the um, possibility of what that can be. May even be a small example of hope and history rhyming. 